0: Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals hosted by some guy on the internet with a microphone. That's me. I'm Lux. It be that way sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Anyway, here's your post-game recap for April 20th, 2022. The Kansas City Royals defeated the Minnesota Twins by a score of 2-0. The Royals improve to a five and five record, while the Twins fall to four and eight. The winning pitcher is Daniel Lynch, who has a one and one record and a 5.40 ERA so far. Holds credited to Colin Snyder, his second; Jake Brentz, his second; Josh Salmont, his first; and Scott Barlow with his first save of the season. The losing pitcher is Chris Paddock, who has a 0-2 and ERA, or not an ERA, a, two, a 0-2 and record, and a 5.0 ERA on the season. So, at this point, it's the same song and dance for the Royals this season. It is a low-scoring game that is largely dictated by the defense and the bullpen. That's what's been going on every time. I've been talking about it every time as if it was a big deal, basically. But now I realize this is just what the team is. This team, it's starting to settle in that this lineup is not going to score much because it hasn't been scoring much. And I've been willing to forgive it in some cases, all right? I've been saying we've been getting bat We've been facing really good pitching. But now we're we're against the Twins, who I do not think have particularly great pitching. And I don't even think have a particularly great defense, do they? Uh, I mean, they got Carlos Correa, but usually we do really well against Carlos Correa. I don't know. There's it just, it, it, just something about Carlos Correa. It's like whenever he's against the Royals, he just doesn't particularly defend all that well at shortstop. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why I would think that. It's just, it's just like this feeling I get. It's just kind of like something in the past has made has like clouded my perception of Correa as a defender. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just going crazy. What do I know? I'm just a guy on the internet with a microphone. But today I felt like if if this offense was ever going to come alive, it was going to be against Chris Paddock, who's and kind of struggling out the gate this season. And even today, he didn't have particularly great stuff. Although I don't think he was bad. I'll give him this. He didn't have a bad start. So, the Royals did have to kind of squeak it a couple of runs by him. But they also... The, the Twins also sent in, like, their, their C-level relievers. All right? They, they sent in frickin', like, Caleb Thielbar, who's... You know, been okay for the past couple of years, but today, this season rather, he's he has a he had an ERA over twenty after five appearances. You know, this guy's on the struggle bus. Cody Stashak, another guy who's been on the struggle bus, made a few appearances so far, super higher ERA, and wasn't even good last year. It's like, you know, who who even are these guys? We can't hit off of these dudes. Instead, we're getting struck out by them. Gilbar had two strikeouts in his one inning. And Stashak had two in his two innings. I don't know. But, so, at this point, I guess I'll just stop hoping that this offense will turn it on. I, I still feel like it can be optimized a little better, because we are still using Bobby Witt Jr. as our three-hitter. Look, I in some ways, I understand if you don't want to change up the lineup every day. If you want to, you know... Maybe it's not wise to change up the lineup every day, right? Like, okay, you're trying Bobby at third. Maybe it's not fair to say, okay, you had one game and you blew it, so now we're going to move you down. Maybe you want these guys to get settled into more of a rhythm, maybe, I guess. But even then, is there is there really much of a difference between hitting number two and number three for this guy? If anything, we're putting more pressure on him. We're giving him more leverage because there's much more to be expected from the three-hitter. You know, if you're hitting number two, then you're like, okay, Merrifield's on base, maybe. So that's basically it. But now, hitting third, it's like, oh, Merrifield's on base. Nicky Lopez is also on base. There's two guys here. So now you really have to do something or else it's going to be bad and no one's going to be happy. It'll be a big disappointment. And once again, with runners in scoring position today, Bobby Wood Jr. grounded into a double play. It happened again for the second game in a row. Two games with Bobby Wood Jr. at, at number three. Two games where he's grounded into a double play with runners in scoring position, and two games where he's had no other hit, or no hit at all, to be frank. So, like I said, you, you do you really want to continue going down this path? Look, I'm not saying he's going to ground. I'm not saying he's going to ground into a double play every game, but uh, is he going to do anything else at some point? Anytime soon. It's like I said yesterday. I understand we have big expectations for him. And I'm not demanding anything drastic. Don't send him to Omaha or anything. That's not going to fix your problem. But just putting him at number three. Because we want him to be good at number three. And we hope he'll be good at number three. That doesn't matter. Because instead we've got Salvador Perez. Who is good at number three. Or Andrew Benintendi, who is good at number three. Witt Jr. should be hitting after those guys at number five. I don't know why they're just going with this. Or even number six, because frankly, Dozier is still hitting fantastically so far. Uh, It's just not good. It's just not good. This, This lineup could be optimized a little more. Maybe it'll result in a couple more runs, but even then at the end of the day, I don't think this is going to be a particularly great lineup because there's just not really much of a sign that this is going to be a great lineup. At least so far. I mean, maybe, maybe making those adjustments, you know, maybe they'll make a big difference. I mean, I do think that maybe this lineup will catch fire if we can just get Merrifield going, you know, if, if he starts hitting a little better and he did have a hit today, so we, we got a hit from Whit Merrifield today. So he was a little bit productive. And then, you know, expectations are that Whit Jr. will improve. And then, you know, suddenly you've got a 1-6 through six that is fantastic. Because Hunter Dozier is, you know, as long as he stays hot, as long as Benintendi stays hot, yeah, great. We can use this 1-6. through six. And then on occasion, Mondesi will do something. You know, Mondesi, he had a bunt single today not just, not just a bunt but an actual bunt single you know this was the, the kind of occasion where you can actually get a bunt down and something good can happen cuz who was on base this time um it was ben Benintendi ben was on third so that's fine yeah you can you can bunt when, when ben intendy's on third and hunter Dozier was on first but that didn't matter t- well I mean, it could have been a double play, maybe possibly. Maybe not, because Bunt is a really fast runner. But it, it doesn't matter, because the point wasn't necessarily... It wasn't an obvious bunt. It was a surprise bunt, and it went very, very well. Because it basically went to where the fielders weren't. Or maybe they were there, but they had no idea that, that he was about to drop a bunt. So he, they were not at all prepared for it. So, it was a good bunt. It was a favorable b- bunt situation. And it scored a run. That's how we got one of the runs. I don't think I mentioned that Bobby Wood Jr.'s double play scored a run because I personally don't think that that's a good thing, but scored a run. So, okay. Yeah, good job. But whatever. But I'm just saying, on occasion, modesty can do something. Like that. On occasion, Michael A. Taylor will do something. Although Michael A. Taylor probably shouldn't be starting every game. Can we, uh... Can we, can we take Michael A. Taylor off the, off the lineup for, for a bit? Can we give Kyle Isbell a start? You know, can, can we try? Can we do something with Kyle Isbell? Please. Michael A. Taylor. Okay. I understand. Michael A. Taylor had a hot start. He was hitting really well for the first like three games. Now he's at 207. He's not hitting well anymore. Stop starting him. (laughs) Stop starting him. We know that he's not a great hitter because last year he was one of the worst hitters in baseball actually and we are still starting him 10 games into the season okay i don't it's like how long does this need to go on how long does this need, does this need to go on for everyone to prove that these aren't just like small little like streaks that this is just kind of what's going on with this team i don't, I don't know seriously where's Kyle Isbell? Where's, 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 Edward Olivares? It's been days since we've seen either of these guys. Well, why? At least Cam Gallagher is starting a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe, okay. Huffing some hopium. Maybe we'll see someone new for today's game. Because they're using Cam Gallagher. They, they started him today and they started him yesterday. And they've got Hunter Dozier at first base while Salvi DHs, which is the way to go. DH Salvi on occasion. It's great that Salvi's hitting every day because Salvi's just that good of a hitter. But yeah, don't start him at catcher so much. You know, guy's getting old. You want to preserve his health. But Hunter Dozier at first base, I love this. This is great. And the reason why Hunter Dozier's at first base is because we found a way to get rid of Carlos Santana for a little bit. He is now listed as day-to-day. So he's not injured-injured, but he's day-to-day. So I guess he's just going to not play until he's not day-to-day. At least that's what they should do. I hope they don't try playing him while he is listed as day-to-day, because that would be very stupid. Like, I think that we saw from last year, playing guys while they are injured is not a good idea. Because they're really bad when they play injured. So, because that was what, what happened with Santana last year, and maybe it was happening still with this year. Like, is is that why Santana's been so bad, because he's still injured? Or injured again? I don't know. But Hunter Dozier was off to a terrible start last year as well, and he was injured apparently, but we played him anyway. Just just listen to his day-to-day. Just get someone else in there. Let them Let them rest. Let them get it together. Physically. Okay? Stop forcing it. Just, just it, it'll, it'll take care of itself. Well, that'll be better in the long run if we just wait for these guys to play like they're supposed to. Eh. Anyway, kind of rambling on about that a little bit. That's just kind of a what I expect from the lineup. Just, it's going to be a low-scoring offense, but that's going to be okay because this infield defense and this bullpen is controlling the game, and they are. Bringing us these runs or these these wins, rather, they're not really bringing us any runs, but they are preventing runs. There's just nothing getting by this infield defense with Witt Jr. at third, modesty at short, Nicky at second, Dozier at first. In fact, I didn't mention this yesterday, but Hunter Dozier made a pick at first base, and I my my immediate reaction was Santana misses that because we've seen Santana miss picks this season. And seeing Hunter Dozier actually make a, a a competent pick, it's like, yeah, this should just be what, we, what we're what we doing. I think Hunter Dozier is a, a, can be a better first baseman than Carlos Santana, at least at this point. I understand Santana has be, like a, been a respectable first baseman throughout his career, but right now, no. No, he hasn't done anything well at first base. But I think Hunter Dozier, I think he can get it done. I think we should just have him at first base, full time, until Nick Prado gets here. Which probably won't be for a while. Sorry to say. I know I was on the Nick Prado hype train for a bit, you know, at the beginning of the season, but I'm kind of off that for now. I believe that he should uh, fix the strikeouts a little more, hit a little better. Cause I know we were kind of spoiled at the beginning of the season because he hit like two home runs on his first day. So it's like. You know, seeing that it was like okay, well, this is ridiculous, but now it's like okay, now there's a reason why he's in AAA. Same with MJ Melendez. Sorry to say, I mean, I want to see them. Uh, I want to see them in the major leagues as much as anyone, and I want them, to, but I also want them to succeed as much as anyone. Let's not have another. You know, look at what's going on with Witt Junior right now. All right, do, do you want that to happen again? Right now, let's uh, take it one prospect at a time, I guess. In any case, um, yeah, this defense is just—it's fully complete with Dozier at first base. It's Fantastic. I'm not saying Dozier's a first base—he's a Gold Glove first baseman, but he's a competent first baseman, and I think that's all we really need. So, because this this defense, we're we're stopping everything. Nothing's getting by. We're making great stops all the time, even with Junior. You know, with Junior hasn't been—he hasn't really done much with his bat. I understand, but with his glove, awesome. No complaints whatsoever. His glove and his arm, because he also throws super well. So he's been great there. Mondesi, once again, phenomenal at shortstop. And he's turning double plays with Nicky Lopez. We got three of them today. And, you know, we we got three double plays. We turned three of them. There were more, potentially. The only reason why we didn't get more is because We'd throw it a second with two outs already. So th- this, <laughs> it wasn't just three, do- you know, we, we only turned three double plays. That's because we only had three opportunities to turn double plays. And we got all of them. But yeah, this, this defense is just, I, I can't get over it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so exciting. And then you've got this bullpen that every night has been going four innings and going four scoreless. No, no, nothing's getting up. Uh, nothing. We are not giving up anything with this bullpen. Everyone in this bullpen is doing their job. Colin Snyder, fantastic, awesome. He gave up a walk. No one cares. Didn't matter. Scoreless inning. Jake Brent's got a full scoreless inning. Thank God. Thank God. Common Jake Brents success. I love to see it. I'm living for this. This was a, this was this was peak Jake Brents tonight. We got two strikeouts, full, uh, no hits, no nothing. This was the Jake Brentz that I know and love. No two-out drama with Jake Brentz tonight. He got it done. Awesome, excellent. Scott uh, Josh Stamont pitched the eighth inning, scoreless, two strikeouts. Awesome, fantastic. Scott Barlow closed the game in the ninth inning, gave up a hit. Doesn't matter. No one cares. You know Scott Barlow likes to get a guys on base to give them a chance, just to just to mess with them. That doesn't matter. Scoreless inning, got the save. Fantastic. It's phenomenal. And if it's not these four guys, then it's Dylan Coleman and Amir Garrett and Gabe Spire. Like, we're not going to have these this many relievers for the entire season. We only have expanded rosters for April. But man, who do you send down? Like, who do you get rid of in April? Like, I don't know, Joel Pyamp's? Can was still, does he have options left? He hasn't even been bad. Like, there's no usual suspect. At worst, it's been Jackson Kowar and Brady Singer. Those were the two guys. Those are the two guys in this bullpen who have, like, ever given up runs. And then Jake Brents, you know, in his couple bad outings. But like I said, Jake Brents got it done today. And he got it done last time, too. Jake Brents is awesome. I love Jake Brents. It's, it's it's the starting pitchers if not if for some reason who are who are just uh, struggling but yeah this bullpen is just phenomenal it's already on fan graphs it's a top 5 bullpen in in fwar in f-war, and that includes the the trash performance by uh, Jackson Kowar and Brady Singer so yeah it's just who who's the weakest link in this bullpen? After that, it it's it's ridiculous. Um, Ranny on Twitter. I'm sorry, I have no idea what your name is. I have no idea how you pro- how to pronounce your name. Um, this guy says that in 2019. Okay, so the Royals are two and two this season when scoring two runs or fewer, and in 2019, when they scored two runs or fewer. They were two and 50. Two and 50. When they scored two runs or less. I haven't looked this up and I feel like I should because that does not sound real. That does not sound like a real stat. Maybe it's not. Maybe he pulled that out of his ass or he's trolling. But he is a he is a trustworthy guy. And, you know... Looking back, 2019, we had Ian Kennedy as our closer. <laughs> uh, we were using guys like Jake Diekman and Willie Peralta and Heath Filmeyer. I'm just like looking at the list of names and it's like, oh, God, these were players that we had at one point. Kevin McCarthy, Jorge Lopez, Jake Newberry. He was actually a good one in that, in that bullpen. Brian Flynn, Brad Boxberger. What, you don't remember these guys? You're lucky. You're lucky you don't remember these guys. You're lucky you didn't have to watch this. In a way, I actually believe him when he says that we were 2-50 and 50 with two or fewer runs in 2019. Now we're already 2-2 two and two because this defense and this bullpen is just preventing all scoring. As much as it can, at least. As much as you would expect it to. Obviously, it's not going to carry a team. But we are winning games because of these guys. Basically, after the, the the infield defense and the bullpen, you just need a decent starting pitching performance. Okay? So, we've gotten that from Greinke, and we've gotten that from Brad Keller. It's just the three to five guys who are big question marks, unfortunately. However, tonight's game, or rather last night's game, was with Daniel Lynch on the mound. And Daniel Lynch was exceptional. It's weird to say that I liked his Cardinals performance better, because that was when he gave up six runs in five innings. And this, this time, he gave up zero runs in five innings. So how was that, like... How could I like the other one better? Well, that was a game where Lynch just, he had really great stuff and just gave up a few mistake pitches. And mistake pitches to what I feel like is, or at least can be, a very, very good lineup. Tonight, or rather last night, he went up against the Twins, who I do not think have a good lineup, personally. I mean, may, may, look, there's potential, right, with, you know, Gio Rochella or Gary Sanchez, Miguel Sano. It's like these guys have had moments where they're great hitters. I personally don't believe in this lineup, uh, this Twins lineup. I'm sorry. You know, if, if any Twins fans are listening and, you know, they were really excited about this lineup, eh, I don't see it personally. But I'm not a Twins fan, so what do I know? I don't really follow them, so what do I know? But in any case... I feel like this lineup is worse than the Cardinals lineup. So, you know, I was kind of coping with his start against the Cardinals as being like, "All right, it wasn't that bad," because he just he made a couple, he made a few mistakes, but the Cardinals just have a good lineup. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to erase this because at the end of the day, he he had a scoreless outing, so he he threw five scoreless innings, and I will take five scoreless innings no matter what, right? And it, this isn't even like. Carlos Hernandez's game, where it's like, alright, you didn't give up runs, but also, like, you probably should have, because they got some crazy contact on some of those. So, uh, you can't be doing that every time. Lynch didn't do that this time. I don't think we had the, uh, the borderline home run saved by Kaufman this time. Um, and maybe you can say that he didn't have his best stuff tonight because it was freaking raining all game. You know that's a plausible explanation. It's raining. It's cold. Sucks. You know. Um, so yeah. So I, I just don't think he had his best stuff, but it's fine. He threw five scoreless innings. I think that Daniel Lynch is going to be all right. I feel like if no, if nothing else, so far we've seen that this is an all right pitcher. Maybe even a good pitcher. Maybe I, I, if nothing else, I think that this guy is going to be in the rotation for the rest of the year. You know, and I think um I think that's exciting, personally. I think we, we have a clear one, two, three in this rotation. Granke, Keller, and Lynch. I mean, how good is Lynch gonna be? I don't know. I can't tell you that. I can only hope he'll be good. But I think that he is a major league starting pitcher right now. So looking forward to his next start. Looking forward to his next outing. And I'm looking forward to the next outing for the Royals because now we are past the question mark, the questionable part of the rotation. We are back to the beginning with Zach Greinke taking the mound against the Minnesota Twins today on April 21st. This will be the final game of this homestand, which has felt like a very long homestand because we only had one game in St. Louis. That is our only away game so far. So it'll be interesting to see how this team performs when they're on the road. but. At the very least, it's great that we got a winning homestand. Or or this could potentially be a five hundred homestand, I guess, if we lose today's game, which I hope we don't. It would be sad if we lost. But it's good that we had a five game losing streak, and at the end of all of that, we're a five hundred team. We are five and five. I didn't expect I, I don't think I would have expected that, you know, if I heard that we were gonna have a five game losing streak in the first 10 games but still go 5 and 5. It's like okay, once again meeting expectations but getting there in the weirdest ways, the Kansas City Royals. So it's fine, I'll take it. Today uh the Twins are going to send out Joe Ryan who is the pitcher basically the piece they got last year in the trade for Nelson Cruz. So this is actually a pitcher who came up through the Rays organization and unsurprisingly this is a borderline top 100 prospect. Actually seems to be there seems to be a consensus that this is a low top 100 prospect like right around the 100 mark but anyway he made his major league debut last year through a few games had a few starts um you know and was pretty decent had a low 4 ERA so far he's pitched two starts with a 2.7 ERA so he is off to a good start this season this is definitely someone that the Twins are counting on to uh, be a a solid piece in their rotation. They actually used him on opening day, so maybe they'd have uh, really big expectations for him. Good for them. The Royals should try making trades like that every now and then. <laughs> Granted, we don't have someone as good as Nelson Cruz. Um, maybe Andrew Benintendi. Yeah? Huh? Maybe? Uh, one can hope, right? I I hope. Anyway... <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. For now, um all right game from the Royals, low scoring, but it doesn't matter. Just another common success for this bullpen and this in- infield defense. Hopefully, uh, you know, I I would like to get some more runs. Would be cool if we got some more runs every now and then, but uh eh, maybe you know, I'm just ask, asking for one 10 game win, game 10-10 run game. Is that too much to ask for this season, whatever. At this point, I can just go on about that for a while, so I will leave it there. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode of Royal Deluxe. Thank you very much for making this episode a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or email me at Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Lux, go Royals.